the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. I think we had a little mishap. Our uh, board here was not hot, as it were, which is a button I'm supposed to push before we start. A certain button, and I didn't push it. I thought I did, but I didn't. But it happens. It's okay. How you doing? A lot of sun today. Breezy this afternoon. Make it a thunder shower. Skies have gotten a little dark near the station. I love rain. I love when it's overcast. It's calming to me. Something's brewing. Something's about to happen. Uh, 92 the high, down to 74 tonight. Maybe another thunder shower. Then tomorrow, some sun, some clouds in the high of 91 again on the breezy, windy side tomorrow. Sports Phillies lost game four of their four-game set to St. Louis yesterday. 6-1, Reese Hoskins home run number 18, the only run for the Phillies. Uh, so they won the first two games, lost the second two games of the series. Catcher JT Realmuto talking about that. This is a good team over there. It's definitely disappointing to, to start the series 2-0. Uh, we felt pretty confident. Uh, even after losing yesterday, we were pretty confident we were coming today and win the series. Um, it's tough. Tough to lose two games in a row. Uh, but that's a good team over there. It's going to happen. Uh, we just have to you know, turn the page and, and finish this next week off strong before the All-Star break. The Phillies are heading next to Toronto and start a series against the Blue Jays. And uh, some of the players, four of them specifically, are not going to be able to make that trip due to their vaccination status. Victoria, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a nice Tuesday and so far. Yeah, yeah. Weather-wise, I don't know later, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I like I like the rain. I find it calming. Cup of hot coffee, which I have next to me here. Cup of hot tea. Watch the rain fall. All ready to go. Ah, yeah. So on this topic of the Phillies now heading to Toronto – and four players not being able to make the trip due to the rules there. Actually, there, uh, Dave Dombrowski, who uh, you know oversees the team, uh, talks about uh, that very fact. Let's hear what he has to say. For tomorrow, actually, will be the official. We will place four players on the restricted list. Um, the four players will be um, Kyle Gibson, Aaron Nola, JT Riomoto, and uh, Alex Long. So they will all go on the restricted list. We will have replacements for them. In um, when I say we're restricted per the rules in Toronto, uh, we will not be able to replace Nola because he's pitching today. And Gibson, we can replace for Wednesday's game, but not Tuesday's game. That's Dave Dombrowski, the president of baseball operations for the Phillies, about you know that shortage. And then he went on to talk about you know what that means for the team. It's a situation where we've been through this. We've been through it for two years. People have to make individual decisions on what they think is the best thing for them. So I understand that um, we deal with issues all the time. Prefer to have a full club. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's it's one of those. But 
Um, that's the reality of today's world, and we need to make the adjustments. We still have a lot of good players, and we we'll look forward to uh, taking them there home. Yeah, so, and if you've listened to this radio show for any length of time, you know we don't spend a lot of time talking about vaccines and masks and all that because a lot of places in the world you get that. And so today, maybe a little bit of an exception to that, but not really the focus of the conversation. Uh, JT Romuto, one of the four players who Dave Dombrowski just mentioned, talked about the fact that he himself is not vaccinated and is not making the trip, and here's what he had to say. I just, I mean, I'm a healthy 31-year-old professional athlete. Um, that I just didn't feel the need to get it. Um, I've had COVID a couple of times and super mild symptoms uh, back when it first came out. And when it came time to decide whether um, I needed a vaccine or not, I uh, talked with a couple of doctors that I knew and told them my story and just really decided I didn't think I needed it. And I, I wasn't going to take it just because I was told to, basically. So what's money when I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and don't put in my body? For a little bit of money, it's just, just not worth it. That's JT Romuto, the uh, Philly starting catcher, one of the best players in their team, and talking about that. Um, so we'll get a little bit more kind of into what he's saying there and discuss some related topics. Uh, today, I have a special guest, Kim Goldman, actually going to join us, Victoria. Her brother, Ron Goldman, was murdered. If you may remember back in the O.J. Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson uh, trial and all of that. The year summer. I was born. Yeah, what's that? The year I was born, the, so not quite, you know, I don't know if I remember watching at it. At the but, time? Yeah. You were, <laughs> yep. you were like suckling your pacifiers, <laughs> had your hands on the yep. edge of the crib, and like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Pa- pacifier drops out when you see the news. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, Kim Goldman, uh, Ron's sister, actually joined our program a couple of years ago, and right now she's become basically a victim advocate, and she does a lot of work, a lot of charitable work, too. And she has a new podcast called uh, Media Circus. It just started yesterday, I believe. And the goal of that podcast, uh, my understanding, is really to tell stories of high-profile crimes or situations you've seen, but uh, to do it from a a different perspective, starting with the humanity of the the situation, where you get a chance to hear from people who were directly connected. If you remember, um, you know, so to set the record straight, but also perhaps to help all of us think about how we digest what we're presented with, wherever that is, on the radio, on social media, and that sort of thing. So Ken Goldman's going to join us, and we'll talk about her podcast some, but also want to use the occasion today a little bit to share a few stories, because I've been doing this media thing for how many years now? 1988 was the first year I got into radio, so 30, what's that, four, 34 years uh, I've been on the radio in some shape or form, and I've seen a lot of different things. And I have a list of eight or nine stories I just jotted down here that I think you might find of interest, uh, not just the stories themselves, but the bigger picture about, uh, and I'll even just start with this, why this show is here. I'll, I'll tip my hand up front and tell you, and, and I've said this before on the show, I hope that this program helps you in your everyday life. That could be, you know, a good laugh during the pun segment. It could be good information, something interesting. It could be a challenge in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're not a believer, but you hear something that piques your interest and gives you cause to think further about the Lord. Whatever it is, maybe it's just winning one of the gift cards that we hand out periodically and gives you a couple of coffees or something. But we hope that you come away from this show better for having listened, not interested in the show existing for its own sake. Uh, and uh, just to grow or be popular or something, because that is a complete moving target. 
And as they say, what goes up must come down. So if we're smart about it, it would be silly to invest in all of his time and energy only in hopes of being popular because that all goes away anyway. But the uh, kingdom of God stands forever. So the hope is that this show helps in some way with you being part of that, helping you move forward as part of the kingdom of God or becoming part of God's kingdom, uh, as it were. And we often have said that this show, the top of the pile of all that is helping you know the Lord. Uh, All the other things are important, but the best way we hope this program can help you is to point you to Christ, whether you know him already or to introduce you to him, or again, point you toward him and, and however that comes about, people in your life, people in your circle, taking God's word out and seeing it for yourself. So that's the backbone for me. Any of the stories I'll share this hour um, will be kind of in that context, uh, more so than even the individual stories. But I think the stories are interesting in and of themselves, too, that you will appreciate. So, uh, again, Kim Goldman joining us shortly, and also we'll share a few of those stories. We have a couple other things we want to do this hour, and uh, including Challenge You, uh, as Kim Goldman is doing with her podcast, Media Circus. Uh, how do you listen to the radio? How do you watch TV? How do you do social media? Uh, and, and why are you doing it anyway? Those are really important questions. If you're not careful, uh, you, you, you can spend a ton of time on all those things and really not be any better for it. And uh, so our hope is to also encourage you to think through the why a little bit. And a couple of stories I want to share with you today will go that direction. We do have a keyword to hand out in our uh, gas money giveaway, if you're not aware of this. It's $2,000, Victoria. What would you do with $2,000 if you won that? You can't because you work here, but... Probably save it. I don't know. A lot of different things. Yeah, that's allowed. There's, you know, we thought of the title. We thought a gas money giveaway. We thought a gas and grocery giveaway because those are two fundamentals people can appreciate. Uh, but then we said we just made gas because that's that's an obvious one and it's shorter as well to say. So, uh, yeah, but you could do anything you like. It doesn't have to begin with the letter G. It could be a vacation. It could be a gift. You could donate all of it uh, and tithe it. You could, as Victoria said, let me just save and and hold on to it for now. I can make decisions later. So whatever you want to do. The way we're doing this contest is a lot of fun, Victoria. You know, um, we're giving out these keywords throughout the day and the week. And it's $2,000 a day. It's not just a one big prize. It's really five big prizes each day. So uh, every few hours, we're giving a keyword out, and we give you a one-hour window to use it. So right before this show, Kevin Manna, who hosts The Midday, he did a keyword around 355, and that keyword is good from 4 till 5. So we're going to give that keyword to you after the break, and you can use it, but you have to use it before 5 o'clock on our homepage. You'll see a big gas money giveaway banner, $2,000 deal. You click that, and you enter the keyword. Okay? So Victoria will we'll give that to you right after the break, and uh, to get yourself ready, smartphone or your laptop or your iPad, whatever it is, and you can click that banner and enter the key where we're going to give you but you have to do it by five o'clock then it expires if you try it at 501 ain't gonna work good news is walt cooper has another keyword he's giving around 555 today which will be good from six till seven we repeat that cycle the next three days and the first one each day is right after insight for living around 656 each morning so you can put that on your your appointment calendar or whatever and know that that's when the first one of each day will work. But again, they only work for one hour. 
you know, for the following hour after we announce it. So keep an ear out for that. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL.com and on the app, Zach Williams, Dolly Parton helping out. And there was Jesus. We had Zach on the program a couple weeks ago and he talked about the backstory to that song. Well, for me, um, you know, I'm always trying to write songs that I've been, you know, personally, you know, walked through or some season of life or some, you know, experience that I've had. And, you know, for this one, it was really no different. I was just looking back, you know, on the last 20, 30 years of my life. You know, I didn't, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was almost 20 years old. I went to college on a basketball scholarship and, and messed my ankle up and couldn't play my first year. And so I was just kind of looking back on my life, you know, um, and seeing all these things in my life that in the moment I, I, I missed because I wasn't living for Jesus and I wasn't looking for him up. But when I look back and, and saw all these moments in my life where, you know, I I made it through this night by the skin of my teeth or I didn't get in trouble here. Or I had somebody watching out for me here. And it was like all these things that I realized after I'd given my life to the Lord. You know, I looked back and saw Jesus in that moment every time, but I didn't see it at, at the time. And so that was kind of, you know, every minute, every moment, you know, where I've been and where I'm going, there was Jesus that kind of became the theme of that song. And so that's where that's where that one came from. Zach Williams, and again, the full podcast of that interview on our homepage at WFIL.com. They're in reverse order, so the newest one's on top. You can kind of scroll back. Victoria works hard on those, does a great job, and so uh, that's the last thing you do before you walk out the door. Make sure that podcast is up, right? Indeed. indeed. All right, so now, um, Victoria, we have a keyword we need to share because we're sharing kinds of people. Are we not? Yes. All right. So the gas money giveaway, we can win $2,000. We're doing this every day this week uh, and giving new keywords out. What's the current keyword, Victoria? No drum roll sound effect? Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think. How about, well, wait, 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 wait. How about, uh, hmm, how about this? Let's see. Okay. How about, the how about keyword. Chris? I love this album. Are you ready for it? The keyword yes. for the hour is gentle. 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 Like the song. A gentle song. A gentle song. Or like gentle touch uh, hair <laughs> shampoo thing. Isn't that one of those shampoos? There's a car wash in here. It's called probably. Gentle Touch. Not that I'm aware of, but probably. There's a brand. It's probably called Gentle. All right. A lot of things are gentle. So gentle <laughs> is the keyword that you need to enter on our homepage by 5 o'clock. Kevin Manna gave that out a little before the show started. This is kind of the way we do it. Right before the hour that the keyword is good in, we mention it. So gentle is the keyword, WFIL.com. Right there, you'll see the $2,000 gas money giveaway banner. You click that and enter the keyword. Not to be confused with the overall station website keyword search function. You can also search the entire site typing in different keywords. This is different. You start by WFIL.com. Then the banner there, $2,000 gas money giveaway. After you've clicked that, that's when you type in gentle. G-E-N-T-L-E. You do have to get the spelling right or else it ain't going to work. 
and you have to do it by 5 o'clock. We'll try to remind you one more time before the show is over. All right. Uh, we want to knock out one more break here, and then we want to come back with Kim Goldman, who's going to share about her new podcast called Media Circus. Kim Goldman, the sister of the late Ron Goldman, who perished some years ago uh, in and around the events of the O.J. Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson uh, trial. So we'll talk with her about that. And we want to piggyback from that conversation with Kim into some other related things I mentioned at the top of the hour about media and about uh, why we watch what we watch, how we process it. And as a believer, if you're a believer, how that would you know come into play. You know, you're bombarded all the time. Radio, TV, magazines, online, of course. We'll talk about that in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show after we talk with Kim Goldman on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 429 on The Tim DeMoss Show. We're going to welcome Kim Goldman into the mix here in just a moment. She has a new podcast called Media Circus. Kim's brother, Ron, perished uh, some decades ago, several decades ago, in uh, in and around the events of O.J. Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson. Uh, She has become a victim advocate, really, in many ways, and serves on a lot of boards, founded or co-founded foundations. She's written books, and she's also appeared on many different uh, broadcasts and media outlets. You may have seen her on anything from MSNBC, Court TV, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, programs like Oprah 2020, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and uh, now The Tim DeMoss Show. We're glad to have Kim Goldman joining our broadcast. How are you doing, Kim? I'm okay. How's it going? Wonderful. Thanks to thanks to, for the opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, take a minute, if you would, give an overview of what Media Circus with Kim Goldman is all about. Media Circus is a new podcast about um, high-profile crimes and the people behind them, the victims and survivors of these stories that that we've been watching and listening to for years. Uh, and it really just, it, it takes you into the room with them and, and, and allows you to listen to the stories that they want you to know and the, the experiences that they've had on a, on a deeper, uh, uh, on a deeper level and talk about their trauma and their grief, their advocacy, their resiliency, um, to give you just a different insight into, into their being, um, different than what we get to see on television and maybe read the newspapers, um, so I'm super, super excited and proud of it. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The debut podcast is School Shooting in Portland with Fred Guttenberg. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah and, it, you know, I, it's timely. It, it, it dropped uh, on the July 11th, which was the day that Fred was actually in Washington, D.C., um, with President Biden signing the gun legislation that just passed. And that was really important to him. And he was part of that whole um, you know, advocacy movement. And so, um, you know, there's some synergy work in there. Yeah. What, what did you have to do? I listened to some of that podcast and, um, there's a lot to it. So I'm, I'm thinking if I'm you, there's research, there's production, there's news clips, there's actually talking with Fred, uh, and also wanting to get your facts straight too, and kind of, you know, assemble this. Cause that's part of the reason you're doing it, right. To be accurate about everything. What did you have to do to kind of go through that process to put that first one out? Um, well, I've connected with uh, Cast Media, and they, uh, you know, were fortunate to give me a fantastic team. Um, Jackie, my producer, and uh, Harper, um, who do do some of the heavy lifting with me. We have, you know, lots of opportunities for us to talk and really kind of figure out what we want the show to be about. Um, you know, we spend a couple of minutes, 
you know, bringing people back into what the crime was so that you can remind yourself, you know, of, of what we're talking about. But then we, you know, we move quickly into the guest and, and to what they want us to know. And, yeah. um, you know, I kind of just follow the story, but yeah, of course we want to be honest and correct. And, and, um, you know, it, it's, we spent a couple of minutes setting it up, but then it really just is conversation flow of, of two people with shared experiences, um, living, talking life and talking grief and trauma and advocacy. Yeah. Uh, how much did you know going in, in this particular podcast and also I'm guessing future ones, uh, how much you, but you had this first one to work with, how much you knew going in and how much were you much like those who will listen to media circus be learning also as they're listening and having that conversation, so to speak. You know, I kind of take a page out of Larry King's handbook. And Larry King a long time ago used to say that he never really did research because he wanted to be fresh in the moment and to be able to ask questions as if a viewer was watching along with him. And yeah. so I, I I kind of follow that because I don't want to pretend like I know something because that's where we get into trouble a little bit. So obviously I have background. I was a, I was a viewer, you know, watching these stories. So I'm coming from just a human, just a human perspective. I'm not a journalist. You know, this is not a show that's supposed to be exploitive. Um, yeah. You know, it's just really two people talking. So obviously I have I have insight and I have some information, but it's really just people talking, you know, and, and, and not trying to drive the conversation in a way that works for me, but to let the victim and survivor tell me what they want me to know. Absolutely. Can you give an example, perhaps, from your life? I, and I work in uh, primarily sports media. When I, I cover the Philadelphia sports teams a lot, and I've seen firsthand how what's reported sometimes is really not what happened or just only part of it for different reasons. Sometimes it's just inaccuracy. It's not even a vindictive thing. And because of that, it's not surprising me why some athletes might be like, I don't want to talk because I don't know where this is going. It's changed with Twitter and the opportunity to say your things maybe directly to fans. But I don't know if you have a particular any, – any example uh, you know, from years back where just stuff that was being reported, you're like, how is that even possible? That's, that's not even true at all. Like it's, it's, you know, part of this is being set in the record straight. So I, I don't know if you had something – I'm sure you have plenty of examples. Yeah, I think you know, that, that – for us specifically, you know, you look back at our, our story was almost 30 years ago. and We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have the ability to, to re, you know, redact and, and to correct. You see online, you know, up this updated with new information, you know, these stories. You didn't have that back then because it was print, yeah. you know, and the, and, the, and, the, and the broadcast already aired. So that part was hard because it was really trying to figure out how much do I want to go back in and try to correct the record um, or just let it go. And, you know, with today's media, you know, you do have the ability to correct a little bit. And so talking to the victims and survivors, that's really important, you know, about being accurate and and finding that balance with how much do I insert myself into the story to make sure it's accurate. And then also the, the, the rub of wanting to maintain some anonymity and privacy. So, yeah. you know, for us, you know, there was so many things that were coming out a long time ago, you know, as it relates specifically to my brother about the lifestyle that he had. And, and you know, there's some lots of negatives stuff that's out there and you know i'm i'm more tired now than i was then to try to correct it all but um right. it's super easy to just run with it and people don't pay attention when they when they share and they don't really care if they're sharing it misinformation because they don't know better yeah so kim do you have a goal for media circus or main goals in terms of setting the record straight but maybe also changing the way people think or or even how they watch something or read something in terms of a critical eye or realizing maybe I'll, I'll read this, but maybe it's not all the way true and kind of give the benefit of the doubt to the people who, you know, and their, and their humanity and the stuff they're going through. 
a hundred percent. I mean, that that's really the, the the mission of the show is is to teach you know not only get the, the the point of view from the victim and survivor, but for the listeners and for journalists to really kind of understand what what you're doing when you're a voyeur. Um, or you're interviewing somebody is as to how to be respectful and honest and sensitive and what questions to ask and what questions we don't like to be asked. And, and, you know, it's the, the rush to get a headline and to get a click um, and the danger that, that that presents um, and the insensitivity that that creates. And so, you know, I, I've spoken at CrimeCon a couple of years and, and I am curious, and confused by the true crime enthusiasts, but while there is this audience that's willing and wanting to listen, I want to be able to educate on on, on how to be a more discerning listener and how to be a more compassionate listener. And so, yeah. hearing firsthand, I think, is going to be helpful. I love that. I, I try. I have a quick rule of thumb. I try to pray for. I just say a quick prayer when I read a story. It could be in the world of sports, a tragedy. Someone got you know when Dwayne Haskins got hit on the road. Instead of just read it, you know, quarterback of the Steelers to pray for like his fiance, his family. He, you know. He's a son and, and he's a son of somebody, you know, like these are real people to not forget that I'm a dad, wife, five kids. I, I, I really try to do that. And uh, it sounds like that's an important part for you to, to make sure that the humanity of the people that, that are on the screen or in, in the print are, are remembered as such and not just, you know, read it, scroll through. And, and what's the next thing? So, well, I, you know, it's an, it's an important component. I mean, if you think about, you know, the, the way we digest information now it's just it's the quickest possible way and it's you know 140 characters or 50 characters on twitter and there's just so much happening all the time it's really hard to be discerning and you know you're just and you become really desensitized to it and i think that's unfortunate as a society that we become that um so hopefully this this you know, lessens that a little bit and, and, and reminds people that, like you said, there's humans behind all these stories. Yeah. So. And last quick question for you, Kim, just as far as the, the schedule, so to speak, the first one's out, is there a, a, a perceived pattern where you're going with it or kind of as you can? Um, well, we're dropping episodes every week. Okay. Um, we're still finishing. I mean, this is a mad dash. And so, you know, um, Fred's our first episode and um, Judy Shepard is our next episode. Okay. Um, we're still trying to determine the rest of the calendar. Yeah. Um, you know, want to make sure that we're diverse and, and, you know, telling lots of different stories. And so um, we're small team quickly, quickly <laughs> okay. um, putting things together because we want it to be great. Sure. Best place to look it up? All podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart, any any podcast player has it. Just okay. click Media Circus and subscribe. Kim Goldman, thank you for your time today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Appreciate it. Bye bye. That's Kim Goldman again. Uh, brother or her brother Ron Goldman uh, was killed some years back, and it's part of the whole O.J. Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson uh, series of events. And she has become a victim advocate in many different ways since then. And uh, has this new podcast, Media Circus, one episode so far. And, uh, you know, I don't know uh, the nature of the podcast and the, the cases they'll be covering. And and if you listen, just parenthetically, when we have different guests on the program, uh, you know, we're part of what we do this program for is to just get to know folks who are walking the planet, you know, uh, for God so loved the world, John 316. So uh, when we have guests on, uh, sometimes there may be content that if you start to research it, they might be like, oh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's not, it's not really about agreeing. You don't have to look too far, probably even in your own circles of people that you don't agree with everything. So how do you, how do you handle that? So I, I try to look for common ground and I can certainly appreciate if, at bare minimum what it's like for Kim to have lost 
her brother uh, to murder. Like, I don't know a lot of people. I, I have a few people I can ask and say, what's that like? But most people have never tasted that, comparatively speaking, I think. And so just to have empathy to understand that and, and then that maybe helps you appreciate some of the things that Kim was saying. Uh, first of all, the reason for her podcast that these are real people. And I think that's one thing that's really wise to keep in mind, whether it's a, a an actor or actress you enjoy watching on the screen or whether it's an athlete you like or, or anything else, talk show host or something. They're real people and they have their own pain and their own struggles and their own insecurities perhaps that drive them to do what they do. And secondly, uh, what Kim was talking about there, what you see or hear is not necessarily what happened. Uh, I can tell you for, and, and therefore to take it with a grain of salt and to also kind of leave, uh, leave things open uh, in your mind uh, and certainly not to look at things just for the sake of, uh, as she mentioned, voyeurism or just to like, wow, that's awful. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, really, what are you doing? And the bigger uh, you can keep stepping away from there's very specific things here, but you can also step back from it and have general principles. Um, and so I want to give you a couple of examples mentioned uh, the sports work I know that I've done over the years. And uh, I know, Victoria, you've had a background in sports, too, right? You got to yes, work with the, the Eagles for a while. Yes, I did. Yeah. What were you doing with them? Different. I was a seasonal front office employee for their uh, video and creative. I believe it's still called that department okay. uh, there. And I edited interviews and um, went to the locker room, gathered, gathered interviews and sound, we called it. Yeah. And uh, did a lot of good stuff. Participated in training camp, just the whole season. And ironically, yeah. it was the season before they won the Super Bowl, of course. Yeah. But it was mostly the same uh, players and coaches, which was cool. But, yeah, yeah. That's neat to have watched, I'm sure, and I also afar. I also worked in the athletic department for Rutgers before the Eagles uh, in college for the Rutgers Athletics Department, Scarlet Knights. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, so And so as you do that, you get to, as with any job, you see people in their element. And specifically, let's say for the Eagles, which are certainly a very popular team uh, in, in town, that – uh, you know, you can only watch them on your screen. Maybe you meet them somewhere at an autograph signing, but it's really hard to get to know someone. So, um, because I, I've covered the team, I haven't done as much the last few years, but I've been to hundreds of games and practices for all the sports except for basketball. Because during the, the it's hockey or basketball, I, I picked hockey in the early stages. Did some Zoom calls with the Sixers over the last year or two. There's stuff you see in the day to day that, just for context, you're never going to know unless you were there. And not of all, not all of it matters. Uh, some of it's just you know, so and so ate lunch. I mean, it doesn't matter. But there's definitely stuff that uh, happens. And I want so I wanted to tell you a couple stories here to give you um, some some specifics that might help you appreciate what you are reading, what you are hearing, and all of that. Um, and you may you may already be a discerning kind of a viewer or listener already or reader. But maybe some of these things haven't occurred to you. And this is not to build – I want to say what I want to tell you here has nothing to do with being negative or putting someone down. In fact, I'm not going to ma- mention anybody's name or a newspaper or a TV outlet specifically because that's not even the point. The point is to be constructive so that we can learn and be challenged in a good way. And same for me. Um, and there's so many stories I could share with you. Uh, one has to do with – just so you're aware um, – when I was at the – covered the Eagles for a lot of years, on Wednesdays, typically, they would have a, a phone call opportunity with the opposing head coach of that coming Sunday's game and the a star player. You never knew who it was necessarily. It could be a quarterback or running back or defensive player, but you got those two. 
And the media would circle around. It typically happened midday. And you'd put your recorder down and uh, reporters would ask questions. And then you'd, you'd pull your recorder back and go back and sit down at your desk and start to write your story, which is what most of the folks there were doing. I was there occasionally for some of that sort of thing, but I was also there building rapport with the players who would then call into the show. Like I had different pressure on me. I didn't have a column I had to write. So one day, um, this is when Donovan McNabb was the quarterback of the Eagles. There were a couple of folks who were in conjunction working together. And one of the um, reporters asked the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys – uh, what what is it about? I think Tony Romo was the quarterback of the Eagle of the Cowboys at that time. What's so good about Tony Romo in the red zone, which is the last you know twenty yards of the field? Like basically saying, why is Tony Romo, the quarterback of the Cowboys, so good at helping his team score? They get close and they score a lot. And so the head coach of the Cowboys at the time uh, explained, oh yeah, well Tony's this and that. So while he's doing that, the um, the other writer connected with this particular writer, uh, gave him like a thumbs up and kind of a nod like, oh, nice question. Because the person who asked the question was actually writing a column about why the Eagles quarterback, Donovan McNabb, was not good in the red zone. And so what he was trying to do, unbeknownst to the Cowboys head coach, is get quotes from the Cowboys head coach, put it in his column, and which, you know, if you read a column that has quotes in it, it strengthens the column. And so the Cowboys head coach is thinking he's answering a positive question about the uh, his own quarterback. Yeah, Tony Romo's great. I appreciate him. He does this. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's smart. He makes quick decisions, whatever. Then it allows a writer to take that information and juxtapose it with Donovan McNabb and maybe by implication say why Donovan's not a great leader, not good with decisions, whatever it might be. So the, the writer was being smart about trying to get the information he wanted. If he had told the head coach of the Cowboys, I'm writing a column about why the Eagles quarterback is not very good in the red zone. Tell me about your quarterback, why he is. Guaranteed, the Cowboys head coach would have demu- you know, deferred and been kind of like, no, nah, I don't want to get into that. Or, or I, you know, because the, most of the coaches and, and players know how to keep things positive. They know there's no good in dumping about other players. So that's an example, something you would never have seen unless you were there. So when you read a column about Donovan McNabb at the time and you think, why is he not good? You actually think the Cowboys head coach is piling on a bit. It's not the case. He knew nothing about it. That's one example. uh, And that could be kind of considered, you know, whatever the word is, not conniving, but kind of, kind of. Um, there was another time with baseball when the Phillies were in 2009. Cole Hamels was a star pitcher, was the MVP of the 2008 World Series when they won. And um, 2009, they got back to the World Series but lost to the Yankees four games to two. Did not have as good a year for different reasons. And I was standing right next to Cole Hamels um, when he came out after the, he had lost. They were still in this series, but I think they were down three games to one. And one of the newspaper reporters uh, on a more national scale asked a question, are you, ju- are you kind of just ready for the season to be over? And Hamels, uh, uh, and I have the audio of this somewhere, uh, but he, he, he didn't say, yeah, it's been a hard year. Uh, initially, he said something general and we're still in this and whatever. 
other reporters ask questions, then the same person, because he didn't get the answer he wanted, asked the question again. And Cole Hamels was being, I guess, polite and answered, yeah. At that point, he's, the second time, he said, yeah, it's been kind of a hard year, you know, admitted that the challenges were different. But in no way, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Victoria, you're five feet from me, and I was five feet from Cole Hamels. He did not have any kind of moping about him or, or my year, all about me, me, me. But when the column came out, even before the column came out, there were people on Sports Talk Radio ripping Cole Hamels. He's quit on the team. He's so selfish. He's all the and like he didn't have a, 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 a an iota of that in the way he was talking. And if the guy hadn't asked him a second time the same question, he wouldn't have even uttered the words like, "Yeah, it's been a hard year." But when you read it in the column, I saw it in the Eagles. I won't even name names. Okay, so you see. similar. All yeah. right. So the point of all of that <laughs> is not to. And I know a lot of journalists and columnists do great work, amazing work, and all that. But there is here's the part of it. There's pressure on all of those columnists. Sometimes, and not just columnists, people who are on TV. They got a show to fill. They have sponsors to you know to to you know advertisers to make happy. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of people. I had a friend of mine when, as, especially as the internet was growing, and uh, my friend said, "If I don't get X amount of clicks on my stories, I'll get fired." So, yeah, yeah. what do you think that leads to a, a writer? When they're going to decide what to write about, can they write a nice uh, kind of a, a nice legacy piece, something enjoyable to read, which I personally would like? Or are they going to maybe make a headline that will get you to click? Because if you don't click, they lose their job. So this is not to, again, say that that's all, it's all bad. And, and even these people who have made those decisions, I'm sure they've made other good decisions too. There are times also where I've, I've actually been extra writers who couldn't read their own writing because everything was done in such a hurry, no fault of theirs. Maybe the player didn't come out till right before their deadline and all they could get was one quick thing down. They get upstairs and like, what did I write? And they'll actually ask other writers to try to help them. Do you have a recording of what he said? Because I can't remember if this is a what or a what. So there's a lot of moving parts between, if you're a sports fan, what the athletes said and what you read. And, of course, you have – now, if it's presented as an opinion piece, that's different because you know that. But there are times even where there's a, there's a, uh, a story being written that's supposed to be kind of neutral, but it, it maybe really isn't. So uh, all that to say, A, realize what you read and see is not necessarily true uh, or maybe true at all for different reasons – and or there are other motivations for people why they do what they do, uh, good or bad or connected to their job. But beyond that, the goal I want to encourage you with is to is to consider uh, how you can uh, how you can be a blessing with the way you interact with media. And so here's what I mean by that. I said to Kim Goldman when she was on with us earlier that I have a policy for myself that I'm going to pray. If I, if I read on Facebook and I'm scrolling through and someone has something going on, if I'm going to allow myself to scroll, I'm not going to scroll by someone whose dad just died. Oh, well, sorry for you. I'm going to take a second and pray. If I read an article, if I'm going to click the link that says so and so two uh, teenagers killed in car crash in Texas, uh, team, you know, volleyball team from Texas, whatever, I'm going to pray because they're real people with real parents, real friends, uh, and, I, and I don't want to be someone who all I was doing was digesting all these different stories and just kind of glossing over it. 
Uh, and the last thing I just want to say about this, there's a lot of other things I could share other stories. One time I had a, uh, an artist named Michael English on the show. If you look Michael up, you'll see he was a, a gospel music singer. I guess still is. Uh, but this would have been 20-plus years ago. And he was really – he was starting to rack up the awards, the Dove Awards in the Christian world, as they're called. And he had an affair of some sort with uh, a woman named Maribeth, and they were uh, touring together. Maribeth was part of a Christian group called First Call, a vocal a cappella group in many ways, and Michael English was on the tour. And the point is not even that. But when he, so he wound up losing a lot of things. I think, he, I think his marriage wound up coming apart, and he lost his awards, and, and there was all kinds of repercussions from that. So – he finally, he, uh, you know, best I can tell, he, he had, you know, confessed that and he was turning his life around and coming back to the Lord and really wanting to get things right. So he had a new album out and he called the station to talk about it. And on the hotline, before we went on the air, he said, Tim, you can ask me any question you want. Like he was very humble about it. If you want to ask about the story, what happened. All, um, and I said, Michael, I'm not interested in all the sorted details or if there were sorted details. I'm not even in, I'm not even really interested in the timeline, but I, if you say something on the show about what happened, I want you to have in mind the people who are listening so that they can avoid what you did or what happened. Was it because you started not reading God's word and you started taking that for granted? You're on the road. Uh, were there unwise decisions you made, little ones that added up to some bad, big, bad decisions? What was it? Like... Because Not because we need to know, uh, inquiring minds want to know. No, we want to know because the marriages of the people who are listening to this radio station matter. So if you can say something that will benefit them, I'm all for it. Otherwise, we don't need to get into it. So uh, that's what we hope to do when we present things to you as well. Uh, and I want to encourage you with one other thought related to this. When you read something, you dis- you, something sad like that or hard, again, to pray— but even bigger than that, uh, and this has nothing to do with sports or music or anything or even this show, I want to encourage you to wish, as they would say, wish Jesus for other people. Um, when you are – I'll use politics for a second because it's such a difficult thing. If you mock our president right now, what does that make you? That makes you a mocker, doesn't it? I don't care what your attitude. You may disagree with our current president. You may – have disagreed greatly with President Trump. But if you mock President Trump, if you mock President Biden, what does that make you? I don't care who deserves what or what's true or not true or what you think is true because you may also be missing a lot of details. But regardless, that makes you a mocker, doesn't it? And it makes me a mocker if I engage in that kind of conversation. So this is more, this is about A, you know, praying for our president, praying for our elected officials, doesn't mean you can't be frustrated, but you should really ultimately, whether it's someone in public office or just someone in your life that's bothering you or doesn't, you don't, whatever, Lord willing, your heart is like, I just wish that that person would know the Lord. If you didn't like President Trump, instead of listing all those things and having that become part of your skin, say, I, I just wish he would know the Lord. I wish he would do this. I would, you know, because you're, you're just hopeful There'd be a quick turnaround, not I've got this long list of bitterness or same for our current president or anybody in office or people in your life. 
rather than have it accumulate in your spirit, are you able to actually sit, be one step away from, oh, I just hope so-and-so can see the light and know Jesus. I'm not any better than that person is and have a humble spirit about you. I want to encourage you to think along those lines. It has to do with uh, a lot. It cuts across a lot of things. And so you know, I've talked about a number of different issues here and all that, but I want to encourage you uh, and encourage myself to be very careful about how we read things, how we see things. And in the end, we're not going to know a lot of information. We're not going to know the whole story all the time, but we know what God calls us to, which is to love one another and to be humble toward one another and to serve one another. So make sure we're doing those things, whether it's what we read about, how we treat our neighbor. And um, anyway, so hopefully that's an encouragement to you. We'll a quick break. We'll wrap things up here in just a second. It's Tim Vermont Show, WFIM. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. Aha, gentle is the final keyword of, the, uh, of this hour. WFIL.com in the next minute and change. Hit the $2,000 gas money giveaway button and enter the keyword gentle by five. You have a little over a minute to do that. To enter to win, Walt Cooper will have another one next hour. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 